0: I'm Coach Tony Miller, and you're listening to a Quick Time Out Podcast. We have conversations with basketball coaches from around the country focused on specific topics designed simply to help grow the game. Coach Mike LeVere, head coach of the Bob Jones University Bruins women's basketball team, is joining me today to discuss running a basketball program. Coach, thanks so much for talking with us.
1: Happy to do it. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: So you had the advantage of literally starting a program from scratch. Thinking back to maybe that first year when you have a blank slate, what are the major pieces that you had to start from or that you thought, I have to have these things in place for us to get the program off to a good start?
1: (laughs) Well, if there would have been lots of time, it would have been a little different story probably. uh, Because I was the last of the four coaches hired. Uh, then that was due to me. Uh, I kind of put it off and said no for several months until we prayed about it and and, uh, visited and uh, did some due diligence. But one of the attractive things was the fact that we were starting a program from scratch. And that was one of the things that kind of intrigued us, even though we thought we were moving in a different direction, but we ended up coming here to Greenville and to Bob Jones. So that is a unique situation. Um, if you had time to recruit, you know, you obviously want to get some mature individuals that would lend some leadership to the team that you ordinarily might have through a senior or a junior or something in that instance that, that you've walked into a program that has some history. So without that being the case and without having the time to recruit, we, we did very, very little recruiting the first year. Instead, we focused a lot on philosophy and talked a lot amongst ourselves as a staff what we want the, the program to be. Because when you walk into a program and you take a, over a job in a normal situation, there's, there's history. And it's good or bad, uh, winning, losing, culture, uh, there's always negatives and positives. And, you know, if you, if you thought about taking over a program from Mike Krzyzewski, there there's a lot, of, a lot of history there and a lot of great culture. And so that's one thing you'd have to deal with. How much of that are you going to carry over? How much are they going to change? And then you could go take over a program somewhere else that has a really poor record maybe over the last five years and and not such a great culture. And so then you've got to come in and step in and say, here's the changes we're going to make. and, And this is how things are going to change. We didn't have that history here. And so it's almost a blank slate. And that first year, we just really preached a lot of who we are, what we're about, We had five foundational concepts that we used in our in our program it was love balance commitment humility and integrity and we preached that a ton to our team and to ourselves tried to live it out and so having that philosophy down was was key that was foundational for us
0: mentoring and discipleship i would assume plays a big part in furthering those those core principles that you have in the minds of your student athletes. So, how do you incorporate those things into your program, and what benefit have you seen from making time for those things?
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's a huge thing. I was just talking with a coach today who mentioned that he had had two instances just in the last couple of days of uh, players of his from a long time ago that had called him up and were was talking with him about their life and where they're at, what they're doing. And these are guys that are 10 to 20 years removed from being in his program. And they've got kids of their own. One of them was adopting and wanted to talk to him about adopting. And, uh, he was just thrilled that that relationship was still there. And, and that's why you coach. That's, that's the the big impact. You, You have the ability to impact lives. So definitely that's, that's what we're about. Um, developing relationships, uh, and, and using the sport to, to further those relationships on and off the court. But we have a discipleship time, a devotional time built into our team. where on Monday evenings. We have we have team devotions, and th- those are good times. We we um, get in some great discussions. I think we learn a lot, myself included. We go through a book usually, each year, depending on the year. But beyond that are the personal times, and, and I'd say probably maybe more importantly, is when uh, they're just the drop-in times in your office or the times when uh, we, we try to have, as my wife and I, and um, she's she's really involved in the program, we'll have the girls over for dinner individually or a couple together, and then they're welcome to drop in the house anytime, but we try to intentionally have have everybody over at least once in the semester and some people are more prone to drop in uh, than others but as the years go by I think they get more comfortable and so we we have those times where we come in and and they'll talk sometimes more with my wife than myself but uh, a lot of times with myself and and looking back we've had those times where the, the player will get a phone call from mom and say uh, that we'll get a text and say hey coach can we talk to you can I talk to you and she just gets a phone call from mom and mom was just diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and you know, we're the first ones she comes to on campus. And, you know, we're, we're just sitting there crying with her and praying with her. And, and um, those are the things that I think uh, stand out, build relationships 10 years down the road, five years down the road. They're calling us to ask questions about something that's going on in their life. And so I think just spending time and building those relationships, discipleship is a, is a big key word nowadays, but it's really hard to define. And when you look at what, what is discipleship? I've heard, uh, I think Dr. Pettit say, you know, when, you, when doorknobs are turning, then, then discipleship is happening. And that's just, you know, getting, getting together, being in the same room, spending time together. You know, I, th- I think that's a lot about what discipleship is. I think there needs to be some intentional aspects to it, but there also needs to be that availability and spur-of-the-moment things that sometimes you can't plan for, but that really build in those memories in the relationships.
0: So Fancy with a finished product on the floor. And we just talked about some of the things that happen behind the scenes. And maybe for some who haven't been a part of a program before in the leadership roles, or maybe even some that have, but maybe you're looking to advance. What for you on a daily basis is done behind the scenes so that you end up with a product that's worth watching?
1: Probably practice planning uh, is one of the biggest And one of the things I've learned as a coach and still am learning uh, how to focus your practice, you know, we need to have a a season-long plan and then you break that down into maybe monthly. By the end of this month, here's where we want to be and uh, end of this week, we're going to have this put in and then day by day, how we're going to get to that goal at the end of the week. But each day then you can break down you know, we're, we're always going to work on some fundamentals and some skill development, and that's going to be a big part of our program. So how much of your practice time is devoted to that? You, you can't keep them, you know, four hours on the court. One thing, they can't go that long and, and be intense physically. And two, we probably don't have that much court time allotted to us. So being very efficient in, in the, the time that we have on the court, focused in what we want to accomplish, whether we're working on it, if, if we you, you, balance is a big thing and, and that's one of the reasons it's a core principle of our program. It's, it's big in basketball. It's big in life. You can't just focus on defense uh, as much as you could spend easily spend two hours working on defense. If you do that for a week, um, you might be pretty good on defense, but you're going to be lacking in the offensive area, the skill development, you know, that kind of thing. And so, you know, how much you're going to spend on sideline out of bounds, baseline out of bounds, your pressure offense, your pressure defense, uh, man-to-man offense, zone offense, man-to-man defense, zone defense, different types of man-to-man defense. So you've, you've got to, I mean, you can just become overwhelmed and you've got to be able to, to say, here's what we've got to get done this week. Here's what we're going to do this day, this day, this day. And then within those days, here's here's the minutes that we're going to focus on this. And then you've got to adjust and go back because you've got to be flexible enough to go. Man, they they really didn't get this, and we had to spend you know 25 minutes on this. We only plan on spending 10, and so now we had to knock off you know this and this. We've got to go back and reteach this. And so uh, I, I think practice playing is probably one of the biggest things that that goes into accomplishing what we want to do as a team on the court and that's what you know when fans see what we're doing on the court don't realize the intricacies and the hard work that went into developing that that product on the
0: court coaches are you looking to take your game preparation to the next level Then fast model sports is the perfect coaching software for you build an organized library of plays and drills and create professional playbooks to share with your players and staff you can also download over 9,000 free plays and drills from our play bank directly to your FastDraw account. Need a better way to build your scouting reports? With FastScout, build custom scouting report templates to prepare your team best for each individual opponent. The combination of FastDraw and FastScout is the best way for you and your coaches to create winning game strategies and effectively communicate them to your team. Over 10,000 high school and youth coaches use FastModel sports technology to help their team reach their goals. Use code AQT10 to get 10% off any fast draw and fast scout products. Again, that's AQT10 to get 10% off any fast draw and fast scout products. One of the things that, depending on what level you're at, you may have available to you, assistants, volunteers, like you said, with your wife helping out. I know you've had others who have volunteered and who have helped out. What are you looking for in an assistant? Uh, For maybe those that are in the head coaching positions to fill out the rest of their staff. Again, maybe somebody that's just one, if we're talking about maybe a high school or junior high level, college level, maybe two or three. But what characteristics are you looking for in those individuals? And then what types of responsibilities do they have or have you given to those that have been on your staff in the past? Whether that's during the actual practice times, like you just talked about, or outside of practice times, travel. Meals, whatever it is?
1: Well, uh, it always depends on the individual that we have available to us. And I try never to turn down help. So if somebody's uh, willing to help, we'll, we'll find something for them to do. But we want to use their abilities with where they're at. We've had several assistant coaches join us, and along with my wife. And depending on what they're proficient in, we'll shove things their way. But the number one thing I think I look for before I would hire anybody and I say this directly to them before we officially hire them or as we're officially hiring them, but, and that is loyalty. And, and I've heard other coaches say this, but they've got to be loyal to us uh, first and foremost, and, and maybe as self-serving as it sounds, but loyal to the head coach because there's so many times I've seen programs just get blown apart when there's an assistant coach who comes in and maybe has an agenda of either growing into the head coach position, whether it's at that school or somewhere else. But if that's their goal, their number one goal, it becomes pretty obvious to everyone. Instead of that being their goal, I, I, the most uh, successful assistant coaches that become head coaches in the future are the ones that just do their job of the best of their ability and, and make that program that they're with at that time, the best that they can do. And when that's their focus and, and, and that program gets good, that gets recognized. And then they, as they're part of that, that recognition grows outside of their circle. And sometimes just out of the blue, they'll get job offers or uh, recommendations from other people or the head coach uh, who's uh, their immediate boss uh, recommends them for, for a position somewhere. So on the flip side, when they're, when they're disloyal uh, it can just blow a program apart and they're talking to the athletes and saying things, maybe like, if I was head coach, I would do it this way, or you'd be starting. If I was the head coach, you know, you hear, we hear things like that said, it really sows discord amongst the team and just can blow things up. So loyalty is, is a big one. And then depending on their, their abilities, you, we could take somebody who's maybe not very strong in basketball but is a great communicator and they could help our team with some uh, discipleship and motivation and things like that or maybe they're really good at organization and uh, we need a travel agent basically. And so they can organize our trips and you know we've got to travel X amount of hours, stop for gas, restaurants and, and then, you know, organize when we're getting to the gym and shoot around times and all of those details that people don't think about, but it is not easy, you know, to travel with 20 to 25 people and get them where they're going and, and a good time for everybody. Some people like to eat an hour and a half before game time. Some people like to eat three hours before game time, and you got to figure all those things out, what's best for the team. And so if somebody's good at those types of details and wants to, to do the travel Uh, stuff you know we've had assistants that did that and did it very well and uh, again going back maybe to the communication and and, uh, experiences that they've had maybe they can do recruiting our current assistant you know we've we've had her do a lot of that Maggie is really good at that and enjoys it and and so she's uh, taken over some of the recruiting communication and so she's our recruit coordinator so to speak and so, a small college, we don't have individuals that are hired for each one of those spots, uh, like a D one or, or some of the bigger programs would would have. But we'll take our assistants and give them some aspect of that. And and you know, small colleges, you end up doing a little of everything. And so, eventually, we'll give them some other responsibilities and and try to grow them and and make them. Most of them are here because they want to be head coaches in the future or stay in the stay in the game. And so, they need to to grow their experiences. We'll start giving them some some practice times let them coach maybe develop a, a game plan uh that kind of thing but uh, to start out with i'm pretty uh, jealous of the basketball stuff i like to i like to, to coach practice and so uh, i do most of the most of the basketball coaching stuff but we'll we'll throw that at them eventually
0: what are the one or two top skills that you would say are needed for somebody to do what you're doing
1: to be a coach number one or two top skills communication is big um, i think motivation being able to motivate people to manage or handle people is is really big i think uh, there's a lot of similarities between a ceo and and a coach or the athletic world i think leaders in the athletic world translate well and you see this in, in books and things and the fact that a lot of business leaders will hire coaches to come in and give speeches and and organizational talks to their to their businesses because there's a lot of similarities between just uh, being able to motivate and communicate with people. I've heard a lot of D1 coaches, um, several of them say things like uh, that coaching is 90% of managing people and 10% X's and O's. And uh, I would, I would pretty much agree with that, but there are a lot of people that know X's and O's and there, I'm sure there there are a lot of people that know X's and O's better than I do. And I try, you know, we we're doing stuff all the time to improve ourselves, but, it's being authentic and real with people, communicating, being able to communicate who you are, what your program is about, and then getting them to buy in. And, and uh, I would always hope that my best recruiters are really my juniors and seniors on the team, that they can talk with prospective athletes and say, man, this was awesome, and here's what it's about, and it's the real deal. And, you know, there's, there's coaches out there, and there's programs, and I could name names that I know for a fact. The coach will say things when they're recruiting to the recruits and make promises. And after a year or two, that young lady knows that is not the case. This program lied to me and they're looking to transfer or just they're biding their time and getting their degree and getting out. We don't want that here. And so we, you know, having having the, the ability to get players to buy in and, and be part of the program, be a, be a great ambassador for our program is, is a big deal. And so uh, the communication factor, uh, being authentic and just uh, finding out who you are and, and figuring out what your strengths are, trying to exemplify them is is a big part of it.
0: Before we finish up, if you could go back and give the first-year head coach, Mike Levere, one piece of advice related to running a program, one piece of advice that you would give your younger self concerning running a program.
1: Probably even spending more time with the players without a basketball in their hands, just spending time together getting more into their life and allowing them even more into our life as much as it seems. And, and we talk about our basketball family, um, having them at our house even more. We've taken some family trips where there's been a player or two on the trip. Even doing more of that would probably, I would tell myself to do that even more because those are the things that they remember. And for everybody, at some point, the ball stops bouncing. They're, they're done with basketball. And when basketball is done, it's amazing how quickly they go off into their other lives and yet it's the, the times really off the court. I mean, we're going to have 20 to 30 whatever games every year that, that we're together on the court, but a lot more time off the court and those times off the court probably mean more in, in the long run. And so focusing more on those, those times probably would be what I would advise myself to do.
0: Great stuff. Coach, thanks again for being willing to join us today. You're very welcome. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.